I just love how the Lord continues to um, preach the messages before I ever have an opportunity to get up here. So that's a good thing. That means I get to preach shorter and shorter all the time. Um, just want to take a moment to um, welcome you again here to Bethel. And some of you may be guests here and you've never been at Bethel Christian Fellowship before. If that's the case, can you just hold up your hand for a second? Just wave it at me so I can recognize your faces. Good. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Welcome, friends. We are so happy you're here. Um, on the way out this morning, there's a book. Uh, if you would just sign that um, with your address and phone, that would be wonderful. We'd love to give you some more information about our congregation. And uh, Oh, the ushers are handing that out too. Good. If you saw those, hand those out. That's great. Um, and you can fill out the welcome card that's in there. Just give it to one of us at the end. That'd be fabulous. We are glad you're here. Can we welcome our guests this morning? We're really delighted. And uh, if you're wondering, is it always like this? No. Um, it's uniquely wonderful every Sunday. And uh, that's kind of what uh, it means um, to be a house of prayer for all nations. We actually um, believe that uh, that we're God's, that this is his house. And uh, so he kind of gets to uh, uh, run things uh, the way he chooses and um, in his order and in his timing. Um, how many of you here this morning, I, this is I, I just, this is just whatever, affection. How many of you uh, here are Lutherans uh, from Lutheran background this morning? Okay. All right. We got a lot of Lutheran background folks here. That's wonderful. Um, uh, you're not in Lutheran land this morning anymore. Um, my my brother, my who's my uh, closest friend, uh, goes to Lutheran church, and and uh, their world record service was 17 minutes long. That was the that was their world record. They got it all in in 17 minutes. Um, we don't even do announcements in 17 minutes. Okay, so um, there we are. So. All right, but, you know, uh, just think of it as um, you're getting uh, comp time, okay, uh, this morning. So that's, uh, that's really good. And I really, honestly, make no apology. I, it is, it's wonderful uh, what, what the Lord's doing and what he's spoken to us today. So all of that is not an apology. It's just sort of a thing to help me segue into the message. All right, here we go. Um, we are in the midst of a study uh, that uh, I have entitled Restoring Our Calling. And um, in just a moment, that's going to come up here. And our particular calling here at Bethel Christian Fellowship is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. This is what we are called to do. So you see up here this banner. It says, called to be a house of prayer for all nations. That is the DNA of this congregation. We are called to radiate life and joy. If you think about it, well, if you go back to the scripture that this particular passage comes out of in Isaiah, one of the things that 
the prophet Isaiah says there is, there will be joy in my house of prayer. So one of the things that should be a hallmark of our life together, and I hope if you're a guest here this morning, that you sense, I mean, there's a sobriety, there's a, there's a weight about the presence of, Lord, of the Lord among us. There's also a joy. Um, there's just a deep joy. It's deeper than a happiness. It's something that comes out of our relationship with Him. And life is something, you know, if you were to, to say to me in one word, if you had to characterize Jesus with one word, one quality about who He was, if you had to do that in one word, my word would be life. Wherever Jesus went, He brought life. He was more, even more interested, he, you know, He was more interested than just making bad people good. He was interested in making dead people live. And everywhere he went, he radiated life. I mean, everything he came in contact with was life. And that's our call, is to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. So we have this little um, uh, diagram to help explain that. At the very center of this is the prayer, the intimate spirituality, our relationship with the Lord, the inviting hospitality, and then the intentional missionality, which is going to be our focus for this morning. So over these last couple of weeks, we have looked at um, three different specific strands of this DNA. The first strand that we looked at a couple weeks ago was hospitality and the PowerPoint's just going to be slow this morning, so you're going to have to be patient. Um, hospitality, we are called to be a place where people belong. Where you come in and there is, you know, we say, this is a house of prayer for all nations, a safe place where strangers become friends. What we want to do here is provide a space for you to come in and experience the reality of community. Because let me tell you, it's no fun being out there alone. It's just no fun being out there alone. Isolation is not a positive place to be. It's good to be with a people to whom you belong. Secondly, there's spirituality. This is, we are called to be a place to believe. A place where we encounter the reality of the living God is expressed through Jesus Christ and the, and the Holy Spirit, God the Father, we are called to be a place where we can experience intimate relationship with the living God. He is not only the God who is out there, transcendent, He is Emmanuel, God with us, and He is very interested in your life and well-being. And so this... We are called as a house to be a place to believe. Not just to believe anything, but to believe the Word and to believe what has been revealed in the Word to us. Jesus Christ, the resurrection and life. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life. And we come to the Father only through Him. That's where we're at. And then thirdly, there's missionality a place to become. And that's what we're going to talk very quickly about this morning. 
We are called to be a house of prayer for all nations. Currently, we have some 25 different nations of people who worship with us here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, both here in St. Paul and on our Minneapolis campus. And we believe, as Barb just told us, that um, God wishes that none would perish. And he is interested in all peoples, all times, all nations, all generations, all backgrounds, all cultures, all races, all educational backgrounds, all economic backgrounds, all, 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 all. He's interested in all. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to make a couple of very brief observations. We've got one more testimony, and we're going to wrap it up this morning. We've been looking at Ephesians. We began in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, and we're going through Ephesians chapter 4 uh, this morning. And if you don't have a Bible with you, please take advantage of the Bible that's located in the uh, seat pocket right in front of you. Last week we ended with Paul's great prayer from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. I'll just read the very last part of that. Now to him, verse 20, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And then verse 4-1 comes up. As a prisoner for the Lord then, now remember, the Apostle Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. And he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, that would be me, that would be us, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. I'm urging you to live a life that is congruent with, that is consistent with. I'm appealing to you. I'm exhorting to you because of all that I have told you in these first three chapters of Ephesians. I'm telling you now, live a life worthy of this calling. I would say to Bethel Christian Fellowship this morning, I'm going to urge you and exhort you and appeal to you and exhort you over and over and over again, that we live our lives consistent with this calling. If we are called, which we believe that we are called, to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations, then I urge you to live lives worthy, consistent with that calling. See that? Okay. So what does that mean? Well, let's, let's look at the picture here that he then paints for us in the next several verses in A Place to Become. All right, it's going to come up in a moment, and in the meantime, we'll go ahead and read it. Verse 2 to verse 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
Uh, anybody figure out, okay, what's the one word there that shows up? All and one. The first piece of this picture that I want you to grasp this morning is this. As a house of prayer for all nations, we are called to express unity. And the way that we do that is, first of all, by practicing the Christian virtues that Paul lists here. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Now, I could take a lot of time this morning to unpack each of those. I won't. But what I would exhort you to do is to take this Scripture home and begin to ask the Lord, Lord, where do I need to develop and grow in the areas of these virtues? Where do I need greater humility? Where do I need more or, or, or a deeper gentleness? Where do I need greater patience? Where are you calling to bear with one another? Help me to love. And then, he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. He uses very strong words here. He says, I want you to do everything within your power to promote unity. Make every effort to live in unity. To walk worthy of this calling in a, in a place of unity with the larger body of Christ. You know, it's not all about... We're not building the kingdom of Bethel Christian Fellowship. I'm wholly uninterested in that. We're here to promote and build the kingdom of God as it is expressed in varieties in many wonderful ways, by the way, including Lutherans. Yes, I do love Lutherans. Because God loves His whole body and every expression of it. And we have the opportunity, not only that, but the responsibility to promote that unity. Why? Because there is one body. There's one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. And there is one God and Father over all. Secondly, go on to verses 7, and then we're going to drop down to 11, all right, through 13. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. It was he, verse 11, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people 
for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become a mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In the midst of this unity, he has created diversity. Diversity of gifts, diversity of abilities, diversity of, of, of um, passions, diversity of personalities, diversities of experience. And all of those help us as we discover those, we discover who we are and what we are to become. Many of you have seen this acronym before, but let me remind you of it again. This is something we work on here when we do our Bridges to Ministry class. Part of our purpose is to help people discover their design, how God made them. We help them try to discover what we call their ministry shape, which is their spiritual gifts, their heart passion, their abilities, their personality, and their experience. Now let me kind of illustrate this. To, br- to bring this home for you. Um, I've, I've recently had a rediscovery in my life at a deeper level, in a deeper way than I've ever understood it before. And let me tell you what it is, and, and, and you can laugh along with me if, if you find this humorous. I have recently discovered that my ministry shape, I've rediscovered, I this isn't the first time, but I've rediscovered in a deeper way that my ministry shape is a pastor. Okay, Now, that may be shocking to some of you that I've just rediscovered that. But, but let me help you describe and understand what that means. I've, I've discovered what, what I've discovered about that is I've discovered that all of the things that I'm involved with and everything that I do flows out of that ministry shape of who I am. So when I lead, I lead pastorally. And when I lead in the city, my instincts are I lead as a pastor. I pastor, I even reach out and I begin to just naturally pastor other pastors and leaders. When I parent, I parent as a pastor. Through that shape, okay? I mean, it's not that I sit there at the table and preach them sermons. We don't do that. But coming out of who I am, that's part of the way I pastor. That's part of the way I parent, is as a pastor. I evangelize as a pastor. One of my neighbors recently got very, very ill. Older, single woman. Um, And I immediately stepped into pastoral mode. Go visit her in the hospital. Go visit her in the rehabilitation center. Um, Noah and I have been cutting her lawn and weeding her gardens and, and caring for her home. And, and I, it's opening up, and, and she's a, a lovely person, but she's maybe just a bit cranky. And, 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 but, but as we have loved her, I mean, I saw her. She just got home the other day, and she, she just had this smile on her face when she saw they're out working on her yard, and, and it's opening up doors of opportunity. And I'm praying with her, and I'm reading her scripture, and I'm, I'm, past, I'm, I'm evangelizing as I'm pastoring her. 
Okay? Does this make sense? By the way, we did the lawn sign thing. We've got a lawn sign in our front yard and in our alley. And yesterday was the McAllister Groveland garage sale. We had hundreds of people walking by our house. I was so excited. Because the Lord prompted me this week. I was like, oh, I was going to wait till Sunday to get the signs. And then I thought, well, they're already here. I'll bring them home, and I'm going to plant mine now. I'm planting my flag. You know, there's going to be a lot of lawn signs, by the way, the next couple months. These ones are really good. Is there more to life? If God did exist, what would you ask him? I'm so grateful, so blessed to be able to, you know, pastor my neighborhood. I've been there 20 years. We've been there 20 years. And God has given us the grace to just, because that's who we are. So here's, here's the point of this. God's made you who you are for a reason, and you need to be who you are. You don't have to be me. Some of you, he's made very prophetic, and you're just ready to just go, and man, you're going to be right there, right in their face, and you boom, you know, you're going to see stuff, and you're going to, all right? Some of you are going to be bold evangelists. Some of you, you're going to, you know, if you're a teacher, you just want people to get all the principles, and you want to have them get it right, right? Everything right. You want the line by line, okay? Teachers want every... I dotted and every T crossed. Okay? In addition to being a pastor, I'm an exhorter. We'll get to the details later. Let's get the big picture. Okay? But you need to understand who you are so that you can become who God has told you to be. Listen to a prayer gathering and notice you'll begin to pick up very quickly what the various gifts in the room are. You got the prophetic people who are doing, you know, they're, they're waving their hands in a spiritual manner and speaking in visions and pictures of, you know, okay? And then you got the mercy person who's just crying out to God for the latest need that they just saw. Right? And you got the evangelist who's praying for every unsaved person that they can ever even think of. Now, are any of them wrong? No. They're all right. They're all diverse. They're all different. This is good. God loves variety. And in order for us to be filled, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, we need each other. And that brings us to our next one, which will be up in just a moment. It rhymes, okay? It's not the same letter, but it rhymes. That's, you get points for that. So we have unity and diversity and synergy. Synergy. All right? Go on to the end of chapter 4. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wave of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ.
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now we do have four letters be, or four words that begin with the same letter, okay? So everybody can relax. It's, it's all good. All right? Connection. It begins with connection. Connection, the vertical connection that we have. Into the head. Okay? We all things grow up into Him. Communication is speaking the truth in love. Coordination is as each supporting ligament works, the relationships works together, and finally there's a contribution as each part does its work. Uh, Noah, come on up here and help me again if you would. Noah and Arthur. Arthur. God bless you, Arthur. I love having you down front. I get to every week you get to help me out here. Thank you, bud. So here we have the net again. You come on this side, all right? All right. So here's our net. It's our picture of of what we're doing as a congregation, not just a fishing bowl, but a fishing net. And it is together as we are connected, first of all, to him. He tells us what to do and where to do it. We begin to communicate with one another across the lines of connection that we have, not only with him, but with each other. He coordinates us and puts us together properly. And these knots are our, con- our connection and coordination with one another. It's, that's the supporting ligaments. My relationship with Arthur, my relationship with my son, those are connections that coordinate us together. And then each of us contribute together. Whether you're doing what Millie was talking about last week, about greeting at the door and helping create the environment and the hospitality and all of that, whether it's driving a van to pick people up because we got a lot of people who are going to need transportation, whether it is making some dessert at home and bringing it, whatever your part is, whether it's putting up lawn signs, whether it's standing at the corner of, you know, Snelling and Summit with a big alpha sign saying, come here, all right, come on. Whatever it is that you are called to do, as we together do it, as each part does its work, we are built up into the fullness of what He has called us to be. Do you get this? All right, I used to say, get it, and then if you got it, you've got to say, got it. So get it, get it, get it. All right, thanks guys. Stephanie, come on up. We're going to close with a testimony this morning. Uh, Stephanie Fisk, who is a wonderful member and part of this congregation, and God has been using and helping. She's a living example of what I've been preaching on, and then we're done. Okay, so uh, we're almost home. Excellent. Yeah, you're on. Oh, yes. I... <laughs> I have been part of this congregation off and on for about five years. The majority of that five years has been abroad doing missions work. And uh, so when he asked me to share a testimony, um, yes, I'd love to share a testimony. The thing is I could share 
a book of testimonies of what the Lord has done in, in this journey, in me becoming who I am and in the missionality. And so just really praying about what specifically to share. And I think maybe my journey in initially how to reach out to my neighbor, since this is a part that is Bethel that we are called to. Um, and like I grew up in Iowa, was a very, very shy girl, and wouldn't go and talk to um, my neighbor, wouldn't talk to very many people. I was just very shy. And uh, throughout my life, um, again, I was like that until college, and I knew that the Lord had the call of missions upon my life. And one of the big things that I am learning is as I take a step in response and am obedient, he continues to open the realm um, of, of my calling. And so, again, um, through that, he really showed me that is Christ living in me is the answer in the world. And in that, each one of you, as Christ lives in you, is the answer to the world. And, and maybe at times my neighbor, um, I'm the only Christ representative that my neighbor will ever see. And that really challenged me. And over the years, um, the Lord has put amazing individuals and opportunities in my life um, in stepping out in obedience. And again, it's not relying on who I am. It's not focusing on my, my doubts or my insecurities about who I am. But when I really focus on who God is and who he says that I am in him, that's when I have been able to really step out. Um, and just to give a few examples of the opportunities. Um, as I have walked this journey, he's brought me to families in Nicaragua who live in the trash dumps and just really being able to enter into what he's already doing and knowing that, that he wants me, he wants you to really partner in him because like, we are the answer. And so um, going and sharing the gospel with them. Um, maybe it was um, a woman named Benz um, who was a prostitute in Thailand in the bars. Um, it's me getting over my insecurities and fears and going and stepping into what God was doing in her life and administering that love. Um, maybe it was in, you know, in Mozambique in a refugee camp and going in and seeing what God's already doing there and joining in in the spirit and the testimonies of how he has brought healing to people. Um, in Mexico, um, got to be a part of what the Lord was doing in a gang there. Um, his, his, one of the guys' name is Salud. Um, and, you know, my own insecurities and fears really rose up. But as he showed me what he was already doing in the life of that person and in that whole gang, um, when I stepped out and as a team, when the team stepped out and really reached out to him, able to, to see how the Lord heavily influenced and transformed his life. Um, and so I think one of the main things in reflecting back in this missionality really is heaven invades earth um, when we reach out and administer that, the love and the Christ that, uh, that God has given to us. And it's just incredible. Uh, I, it, it's an incredible honor, I guess. And um, Again, it's, it's inspiring their journey while living your journey at the same time. And as, as I continue to walk forward, as the Lord continues to reveal who I am in Christ, um, definitely leadership is something in that, which was something five years ago I never would have even guessed. But as, as a, like I was saying, as you step out, 
he keeps revealing that. And in January, I am moving to Spain long-term to help with a leadership training school with the vision is, is beyond anything that I could imagine. It was to raise up 100,000 leaders around the world and release them into their God-given callings. Um, and in that, it's living out what the Lord has really placed on my heart, which is starting a ministry to the women in prostitution right there in Spain. And so as we continue, I, I mean, stepping out is just really the, the message that the Lord has put on my heart. Um, and not focus on what I know or what I think I can't do, but focus on what I know God can do through me and has really given me that courage to step out. So um, thank you guys for your prayers over the last five years. Um, we've, God's been able to do a lot all over the world, and, and I just continue to ask for your prayers too as, um, as this journey continues. So thank you. All right. Well, are you getting a, you know, you think there's some consistency to all of what God's telling us this morning? There is. And so, as we have been encouraged today to pray and to ask, I've been asking the Lord for who of my neighbors that I'm going to specifically deliver a card to and an invitation. And one of those is going to be from when we hosted our neighborhood night out and one of the guys came up and said to me, I, I forgot I'd even met him, but I'd met him a year ago. He said, so you're the pastor of that church there thing, or church. He said, I've, I've been kind of thinking about maybe um, like exploring church again sometime. You know, well, okay. <laughs> well, let's talk. God has prepared people. That's the message. God's already prepared people. So, you know, there we are. Practically, what does this look like for you and me? Um, you can go online and, and get the PowerPoint. That'll be posted um, of the second half of the message, which I'm not going to preach now. Um, but it happens through declaring the truth verbally, giving witness, bearing witness to what God has done and said, demonstrating the truth. St. Francis of Assisi, preach always, if necessary, use words. Preach always. Your life always. Be demonstrating the reality. Just what uh, Casey was talking about with the Holy Spirit, you know, that people are hungry for the demonstration of truth. And disciple in truth. He's called us to entrust others with that which we have ourselves received. It's not just about sort of, uh, you know, whatever, just, just kind of surface, try to throw something out there and hope that it sticks. It's about a long-term relationship of growing and developing lives that will be transformed like Stephanie's has been transformed as all of our lives are in the process of being transformed. And it's step by step and we come alongside and we disciple one another together in the 